Sean Rima, 9 till 11. News Talk 550 KTSA and FM 1071. Yeah, baby. Six minutes after nine on News Talk 550 KTSA, FM 1071. I'm Sean. It's Monday. Uh, oh, my God. I just suffered like a a hole in the space-time continuum there. Settle down, Biden. I just, uh, this must be something to do with it. Right. I feel yeah. like Biden. Hey, listen, Jack. Listen, Jack. It, it, it's Monday, okay? Uh, that's what I, hey, pal. Hey, Haas. If I say it's well, Monday, it's Monday. In your defense, we've had many uh, Monday-type occurrences happen this morning. Yeah, actually, we kind of Technology. have. It kind of feels like a Monday, yeah. doesn't it? Yeah. Thought I was going to have a real easy gig there for a few minutes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> hey, it's Friday. Sean gets to screw off for an hour. But no, I'm here, and I'm talking to you people. And the phone lines are open, 210-599-5555, 210-599-5555. You know, if, if you ain't listening to Sean, you ain't black. Um, I'm kidding. I want to I talk about a story. It's not a big story. we got a lot of big, chunky stuff to talk about here today, and I want to get to all of it or as much as I can. I, I, there's some Nuremberg uh, audio that I hadn't heard. I guess he was on one of the Sunday shows or on NBC or something yesterday. I don't even know when the hell it was. I, I didn't hear it until I was driving in this morning. Ron, we're going to have some fun with you, pal, a little later on, man. Holy crap. What happened to that guy, man? What happened to that guy? Um, but I want to start off with a story that's not, I don't, I don't know if this is going to be a big story. If it is a big story, I, this is another one of those stories that just kind of popped up and I became aware of while I was doing the earlier gig with, with Trey. And there's something very interesting about the story apart from just the, the surface level reaction you're probably going to have. Okay. In Massachusetts, uh, we have something called the Milford Regional Medical Center. It's a regional medical center, so it's probably a fairly large institution where people go uh, for their health care needs, for medical procedures, checkups, all that stuff. It's a regional center, so it's not just a towny hospital. It's a pretty big deal. And they have a new, uh, a new policy at the Milford Regional Medical Center. Uh, they wish to foster uh, an inclusive, safe environment. In fact, here's their actual website, Patient and Visitor Code of Conduct. Everyone should expect a safe, caring, and inclusive environment in all our spaces. So if you have something you have to have done or you have to go get a checkup or see your doctor at the Milford Regional Medical Center, you know, be careful what you say, what you, what you, how you act. Because here's the dealio. They, they listed off a bunch of very specific things you're not supposed to do. And if you do this stuff and can't explain properly why you did whatever it is you did that was bad, they will deny you services. You will not be able to get any kind of treatment or see a doctor at the Milford Regional Medical Center if you do any of the following. And there's a reason why I'm bringing up this story beyond the story. Uh, yeah, racist language is not welcome. Sexist, misogynist stuff is not welcome. Making anybody around you feel bad for who they are is not welcome. Uh, and then it veers into uh, how people perceive you. Body language. Your body language could be hostile to people there, either staff or other patients. And your freaking body language could get you denied medical treatment at the Milford Regional Medical Center. Tone. Your tone. Your tone of voice. 
could get, could be perceived as hostile uh, or inequitable or whatever the hell, not do, you know, whatever. You're just being a meanie head, and you've got a tone, Mr. Man. Your tone of voice could get you denied medical treatment at, at the Milford Regional Medical Center. And, and I bring this up not because I'm shocked, because this crap is everywhere right now. Um, we did some corporate training a little while ago. Everybody does it. You've probably done it at some point. This is an annual thing. It's, I've done it, you know, been doing it for 30 years. Radio, and frankly, in, in the it, when I was a convenience store engineer, a uh, maintenance engineer, I, I also had to go through corporate training. And for decades, you know, in all these years, corporate training about harassment and bullying and all that stuff was pretty basic stuff, you know? Don't make sex jokes about your, your employers, don't your employees, you know? Don't make sexual advances uh, on your coworkers. Don't uh, insult them or call them names. I mean, that's pretty standard stuff for corporate training. But corporate training now is also starting to leach into the area of body language, how long you look at someone. If you look at someone too long, you could be creating a hostile work environment or you could be creating a, you know, making people feel bad or threatened or what have you. In other words, a lot of this woke crap under the very sanctimonious umbrella of providing safe and inclusive spaces for us to work in, to go get our medical treatments or medical uh, checkups in. It's all leaching into areas of, frankly, pure subjectivity. And we were talking about this on Where and Rima. Um, you know, I've, I've, I personally have had to deal with uh, something for years and years about me and that I have, when my, when my face is relaxed, apparently I look pissed off. I also have, by my own admission, a very kind of a freaky-deaky face. I got big features. I got big buggy eyes and weird eyebrows. And, and I get my wife tells me this all the time, that you have a very expressive face and you don't realize half the time. It took her a while to figure this out. That, you know, very often what, what I'm seeing on your face or what I'm interpreting from the way you look is not really what's going on. We actually went round and round about that for, for a few years. Why are you pissed off? I, I'm not. Why are you angry? At, I'm not angry at you. I'm really not. Uh, you know, and, and but now okay, that's just a, a wife and a husband, you know, like, you know, talking smack to each other and you look upset, but you're not upset. But I have had to deal with that at the workplace and in my friendships, you know, where people, I walk into a, used to be, I walk into a store and people go, why, why, ooh, are you okay? I'm like, yeah, I'm fine, man. I just, I have one of those faces. Uh, but now that subjectivity is, again, it's finding its way into every corner of our lives. What your body language is, what your bo- think about what that means. And in this case, you could be denied health care. In a, a professional situation, you could lose your ability to make a living, or your your career could end based upon this same stuff. Your body language. What does that mean? How you sit in a chair. What physical things you do when you're talking to somebody, or they're talking to you. I imagine how you walk down the hall. And and apart from sort of the obvious dangers of something like this, that if somebody doesn't like you in some situation, 
because now it's purely subjective about tone of voice and how long you look at somebody and what your freaking body language is. If somebody don't like you in some situation, well, they may just claim, you know, that guy looks at me a little too long. Or, you know, Sean's always angry around me. I can tell by the way he sits and the way he walks. He doesn't like me, and it's making me feel threatened. And then you got to freaking deal with that. In this situation, you may be denied medical care, which is so you know, crossways from the Hippocratic Oath. And what is that oath? It means you provide freaking health care. First, do no harm. And secondly, you provide health treatment, medical treatment to people who need it. In other words, the Hippocratic Oath is based on the idea... And this may sound a little extreme to you, and it is, but it's it's a it's a fair point. Hitler or Joseph Mengele could be bleeding out in your emergency room, and you got to treat him. If you're a medical professional, if you're a doctor, you got to treat Hitler and treat his sucking chest wound there, or his flu bug, or whatever. And who he is that isn't supposed to enter into it. It's it, it's 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 an oath of focus. It's an oak or an oath of uh, service in a sense because I have the understanding and the training and the ability to provide care for people who are suffering a medical condition I cannot refuse my ability to do that to anyone based upon who they are who they vote for how they act what they're saying none of that is supposed to matter that's the point Well, if you look at the Milford Regional Medical Center, that idea just went bye-bye. Okay, They just flushed that idea because they feel pretty good about possibly denying somebody medical attention if, I guess, they're a little moody. (laughs) Or even if they're just... This is in Massachusetts, dude. No, this is not going to work at all. I I wouldn't think so because you people are pretty moody. (laughs) Well, you know, and, and that, when the Red Sox inevitably explode in September... What's that? When the Red Sox inevitably explode in <laughs> September, everyone's going to be pissed off anyway. Well, a lot of people are going to be out in the cold for their medical attention, apparently, yeah. you know, if they, if they create some hostility amongst people. So they have resting East Coast-faced? Yeah, they got resting. You know what? That's a, that's a real damn thing. Resting yeah. East, fo- East Coast, you know, blank face or whatever you want to call it. Because a lot of us that grew up on the East Coast are always pissed off, or at least we seem like we're always pissed off. And we like it. And we like that's our natural way of talking. <laughs> I, I I was in a relationship with a chick from South Jersey for about three years. And for the first six months I thought she hated her family and they hated her because all they did was scream at each other. <laughs> but no, it's that's just how we talk. It's just how we interact with each other. Plus they're all you know, most of them are large families. Yeah. So you have to speak up to get heard. <laughs> You know, you have to scream. No, but I mean, now it's like a tone will take, you know, you could get into trouble if you're, my wife, my wife and I, she has three, and I know a lot of you chicks from the West Side have the same thing going on. They have three levels that you can pass through in a conversation that'll get your ass in trouble. Okay. And I've gone through over this before on the air and I'll, then I'll take a break. Okay. First off, is that a tone? (laughs) First time my my wife asked me if that's a tone, I'm like, what am I, a mixing board? A tone? Do you want me to bring up the bass? Is that it? Th- oh, now you're yelling at me. It's tone. <laughs> Actually, I forgot one step. It's tone. And then if I say, well, what am I? Uh, am I a mixing board? Oh, so now you're being ugly. Now you're thinking you can be ugly to me. 
I'm not being also now you're yelling at me. You think you can yell at me? I mean it's it's tone ugly than yelling. <laughs> and I pass through all three of those at least once a day. Whether I'm actually angry or not. So if my wife ran the Milford Regional Medical Center, I'd be out in the cold, you know, having heart attacks right. and stuff, and nobody would be able to do a damn thing for me because I've created a hostile work in, or a hostile environment. Mm-hmm. Holy crap. <laughs> you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to start walking around this building and just staring at people for, like, uncomfortably long periods of time just to see what happens. Right. Yeah. But everybody knows me too well here, so nobody would care. Just Sean being a weirdo. All right, 210-599. He's done it before. He's always <laughs> glaring and glaring at people. 210 <laughs> There was a time where that's one of the reasons why I hung out in the sales department so much. Anyway, 210-599-5555. Hi, how are you? 210-599-5555. It's Sean on Newstalk 550, KTSA. The Sean Rima Show. The 2024 race for the White House. Stay connected with News Talk 550 KTSA and FM 1071. And we're back. News Talk 550 KTSA, FM 1071. I'm Sean. Happy damn Friday to you. Happy Friday. Where should we go next? Let's play some of the Nuremberg audio. Uh, I, You know... He that guy had it all, man. I, I you know, I, I feel bad that we're not really friends anymore because we were kind of on that road several years ago. But then he had to go do his job. I got to do my job. And my job is making fun of guys like him when I think they're deserving of criticism. Uh, and I, I've said of Nuremberg many times, I had the same reaction to him that I had that I have had to a guy like Barack Obama in that. Barack Obama got into office, he had an amazingly, just a, a huge opportunity to be a great president and to you know, walk us past the race stuff and, and take us into this whole new post-racial America. He could have been that guy, and he decided to be the exact opposite. Nuremberg, I kind of think of him in that way. When he came into office, he's a young guy, he was cool, he was smart. Uh, you know, he seemed like he cared about the the city at that point, and uh, he, he posited himself as a uh, presented himself as a as a as a middle of the road guy, <laughs> you know. And then he got into office, and wow, he's been everything but. And I, you know, we're both transplants, right? We're both from the east, and I've told you the story. Uh, I the day I set foot in San Antonio, it's a, the only time this has happened in my life, and I've lived in a lot of places. Seriously, the day I put my foot into San Antonio, I fell in love, and I knew this was going to be my home for the rest of my life. I just knew it, but just intrinsically, or in, it was not a question. I knew when I saw San Antonio and got here that this is where I was going to spend the rest of my life, and so I have this. I just I love this town. And what I've seen happen over the past 12 years, and especially over the past few years under the tenure uh, of Ron Nuremberg, disgusts me and breaks my freaking heart. Because he has done everything to be a stooge of the, of the elitists, of the elites and the swamp and the leftists and the socialists. He's their guy, man. And I, I don't watch a lot of his interviews. Because I tend to throw up a bit in my mouth. But let's go ahead and play some fascinating audio. He was on, what, NBC? Uh, talk, you know, we got all this stuff going on the border. Mayorkas was there, or, uh, uh, you know, the, 
Abbott and and Shelby Island or Shelby Park and all that stuff. The big deal right now. We're talking about immigration because the crisis is beyond imagination, and you and I are seeing it every single day of our lives here in San Antonio. And so he's talking about that. Go ahead and roll that fascinating audio. I'll just be candid. The governor has only stoked the flames of hatred and xenophobia through his actions, his rhetoric, and his policies. We've had a, a policy now passed that essentially gives open an invitation for any law enforcement agency to stop people just for uh, suspicion of being in the country illegally. So we know that's an open door to racial profiling. Yeah. But I will tell you that um, in my community, we have dealt with the migration issue up front. Uh, for many, many years, ah. and in the last couple of years, we've seen a surge of migrants. We've had 600,000 migrants come through San Antonio. Ah. Ah. <laughs> Ron, when would you give up your own mind, dude? When did you just become a guy who parrots what they tell you to parrot, what they tell you to say? They, yeah, yeah, Greg Abbott's the racist in the room, right? And he's absolutely lying when he says they have been up front about their immigration policy in this town since he got into office. That is absolute bullcrap. We have a recent example of why that's bullcrap. We heard about it last spring. Uh, It was confirmed uh, a few weeks ago that uh, the city has been stuffing illegals into this hangar down by the airport. We heard people are calling us up, right, James, Uh, in, in, in May. Yep. Saying that they're seeing migrants going into this hangar, and nobody's saying anything about it. They're just, you know, there's no... And when it came, when it was finally published or finally became public knowledge that this was a true thing, what was the first thing Eric Walsh did, the city manager? Rename it. Well, no. The first <laughs> thing he said is, it doesn't exist. No, that's not happening. And when the Daily Mail in the freaking UK started reporting on it, then they acknowledged it existed. And then, yes, James, they started rename. It had like three freaking names. Was it two names? No, I think you're right. I think they had three. In like a matter, every day it had a new stink. And don't give me this crap. You've been up front about nothing. Well, here's more to make you happier. What? Uh, since January 2021, I've promised my community three things we're going to maintain order. We're going to protect public safety, and we're going to cre- treat people with basic dignity and humanity. We've been able. Ron, are you treating the citizens of this city with dignity? Hey, the people down there uh, around San Pedro, are they being treated with dignity? Where the resource center is? Have you been there lately, dude? I have. First off, the gift shop at the Oblates looks like it's going out of business. Uh, every last time I was there, half the shelves were empty because nobody's coming in there anymore. Uh, I've heard from residents, and I've seen it with my own stinking eyes, that neighborhood is being destroyed by illegal aliens all over the place, knocking on people's doors. So I I don't know where you get this. People are being treated with more dignity, certainly not the citizens of this town. What a bunch of crap. All right, we'll talk tomorrow. 210-599-5555. It's Sean on Newstalk 550 KTSA. Yeah. Newstalk 550 KTSA FM 1071. I'm Sean. Happy Friday. Phone lines are open. 210-599-5555. Um, we'll talk about Davos coming up and some other heavy things and heavy stuff that's going on. I, I got to take a little break here for some pop culture crap, though. And I, cause there's the, I, I, I keep telling you, I'm in this moment right now where I just, I think TV sucks and I'm just... <laughs> 
I'm just really not watching. I mean, it's Friday. I'm, I'm, I've become that guy, and maybe I always was that guy. It, TV sucks so bad these days. You, you have more choices than at any other time in human history, right? Since we started having the idiot boxes in our homes. We have more choices, and there's just nothing interesting on. A lot of it's this reality-based crap that I'm, I've kind of had my fill of. Documentaries that really aren't documentaries are really just, you know, reality show stuff. I, I got I got hooked into the thing for a little while about the little Ukrainian girl who parents thought she was an actual adult. She was a psycho. And I, I watched some of that for a while, but then I'm like, I'm just, I've had my fill of this reality show crap. What is reality TV? Bad acting. That's what it is. And there's not a lot of show. I'm not interested in investing myself in a series that has multiple seasons, but I, I'm, I'm kind of looking for stuff to watch. And I've got, I, I love mafia stuff. And the Sopranos, you're, there's a lot of Sopranos stuff out there right now because this is their 20, it's 25 years since the Sopranos was on the air. And so there's a lot of Sopranos stuff. I was a huge fan of that show. But I stumbled on something uh, on, on Face Puke, and I wanted to ask you guys about it. And it's, 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 I'm, not be, I'm very unhip right now because the show's already been on for a couple of years. But I ended up watching a couple of videos that popped up on my reels on Facebook yesterday. I'm like, I, I might like to watch that. Tulsa King. Yes! With Stallone. It's so good. I watched uh, maybe three or four YouTube videos yesterday because, uh, again, something just popped up on Facebook, so I, I checked it out. And I watched some scenes. You know, I first, it looks really, have you seen it? Oh, yeah. Don, have you seen it? It looks really good. The first season's awesome. It starts to get uh, deeper in the second season. Wow. And they bring in other groups and characters. But it's a, the first three episodes, I think, are amazing. Well, the premise is he's a mafia guy. Uh, I can't remember what city, New York or Chicago. And he's been in, the, he's been in jail for 25 years. He gets out. Uh-huh. And they sort of, uh, what would you call it, like send him out to Oklahoma. They kind of put him out in the hinterlands and, well, you go come up with some scores there yeah, and pay your tribute and everything will be fine. What's the, what's the word I'm looking for where they send somebody to get him out of, you know, get him away? And that's kind of the feeling Ex- I'm getting. Exile. He's exiled to Tulsa, Oklahoma, and he's, he goes there to set up, you know, some criminal activity. But he doesn't even know what criminal activity he's going to do. He's, yes. He's been out of the game for 25 years. Oh, this is such a good show. And what I saw is he goes into a dispo. He goes into a pot dispensary and kind of, you know, does what a mafia guy does. Yeah, you're going to pay me 20% every week. And I'll protect you and keep, you know. But he's in Oklahoma, right? So he's got this hippie dude. What's the guy's name? Bodie? Yes. It's like something Indian sound. He's like this, he's this new agey Indian Bodie. So he robs the guy and says, I'm going to take 20% so that this doesn't happen to you again. <laughs> yes. And, I, and it's a really great scene. And like, all right, I might be able to sit. I might, I might watch some of this. Because the thing about Stallone, okay, that people forget is that Stallone is an exceptional actor who just did a lot of crappy action movies, right? Like, I was never a big fan of the Rambo movies, uh, you know, the Rocky movies. The After you get past the first two, kind of sucked. Although I like Rocky Balboa and some of the flicks he did playing that character as an older guy. But Stallone is one of those guys that I wish he'd have done more pure acting pieces because he's really, really good. Copland, I think I brought up before uh, with Harvey Keitel and uh, 
A lot of those guys, that's a great movie where he, he plays completely against type as sort of this dumpy, deaf, uh, uh, loser sheriff in this little New Jersey town. It's a brilliant movie. It's just on the air or just on TV the other night. And, and I realized what, dude, I realized watching these videos how little Stallone has actually played a mafia guy in his career. He really hasn't done that a lot. I'm trying to think of one movie where Stallone actually played like a mafia heavy, and I can't think of anything. Um, I, I, there's one movie where he played a guy who was seeking revenge on people, and I think he was a mob guy in that movie. But in, but in this series, he plays a straight-up mafia guy, and it's freaking brilliant, man. Do you know who his love interest is? No. An FBI agent. <laughs> of course. Yep. I might actually start watching this. That's kind of an interesting premise. Oh, yeah. Of a no. mafia guy in, in Tulsa trying to set up his scores. And he hooks up with this chick at a bar. They go to his hotel room. And then the next day, he finds out. Oh, wow. And then, well, no more spoilers, man. Then, I haven't watched anything. But... And then she goes to work, and she finds out that he's a mafia oh, dude wow. in a meeting. Oh, oh that's great. You're going to love this show, dude. Well, it just looked really interesting to me. So I, I might have something to watch finally because, you know. My wife is emotionally imploding right now because the Christmas movies are over and she doesn't know what to do. She Because, <laughs> like, for the past five months, the mainstay of my TV watching has been Hallmark Christmas movies. That's over now until next year. we got a ways to go before baseball, so what do you do? They started watching, my daughter and my wife started watching that show that got all the awards, The Bear. And I think, James, you would talk to me about that. Had you talked to me about that? that at some point oh, is that yeah. you we could talk bear too i've heard that's really good they've been watching that it's got a good anxiety thing going where you're like oh my god oh really yes. so it kind of keeps you wanting to watch more it's and tense you, or anxious and if you know the restaurant business or right i do yeah. worked in it you yeah. can associate with everything wow you'll like the bear too well i might i might check out the tulsa king and then uh you know they'll be watching the bear all weekend so maybe i'll check that out well, well you see. notice that we're talking about shows that are decent or something you want to look into they're all streaming they're not on network oh wow that's the new that's the new way the bears that's the on brave Hulu. new world paramount plus has the tulsa king everything's streaming and see that's kind of where i have a difficulty because i'm still an old fart and i like broad i i want to see it when it's on the air you make me jump through too many hoops to watch something i won't watch it <laughs> But the streaming is just getting so, you know, it's just, it's everything. So, anyway, Tulsa King, if you've seen it, let me know what you think. 210-599-5555. 210-599-5555. It's Sean on News Talk 550 KTSA. The 2024 Race for the White House. Stay connected with News Talk 550 KTSA and FM 1071. And we're back. News Talk 550 KTSA, FM 1071. We was taking a break from the end of the freaking world. Uh, to talk World War Three or whatever the hell, uh, to talk about some pop culture stuff, and I brought up Stallone and this new show. Well, I guess it's not new; it's been on for a couple of seasons. But I just kind of stumbled across it, Tulsa King, and it looks really good. Here's Nico. Nico, how you doing? I'm doing great, man. How are you? Pretty good. What are you thinking? Uh, you know, I, I'm like you. I, I don't watch a lot of TV series anymore just because they're they're so. Um, reality-based, etc. So, yeah, I, I love the Tulsa King. I thought um, that one and Lioness were kind of my two uh Oh, my two wow. My wife loved Lioness. Uh, I watched about, I watched some of that with her. Uh, and who was that? Nicole Kidman was in that. 
That's yeah, a yeah, that James. You were talking. That's a badass show, Lioness. That's coming back, isn't it? Yeah, that that was coming back. Okay. That, that, that was to it. Now, now, when you talked about you know um, Sloan playing like a, a, a mafia or a mob guy in Rocky One, if you remember, he oh, kind yeah. of started out with the mob. He was, uh, yeah, kind of a low-level enforcer for a local mob guy. He would go, and if somebody wasn't paying up, he'd break their fingers or threaten them or stuff. That's right. I forgot about that. And yeah, he was, look. Kind of coming back. And, and he was, you know, I mean, I, bar none, in the first Rocky especially, Stallone was, was brilliant as far as pure acting. Not to mention he wrote the script. He, you know, was able to get it produced. Nobody knew who the hell he was. He'd only had a couple of screen credits. I just when I look at that guy, he's in, he's one of those guys where I just I wish he had done more, just pure acting roles, you know, instead of the tough guy stuff all the time. Because yeah. he is really a fine yeah. actor, and he and from what I saw from Tulsa King, it's badass. He, he's he's great. He's a seventy year old dude, man. He definitely brings. Oh, okay, we lost you. Davos got to him, you know, <laughs> yanked him off the air. We're gonna play some audio when we get back. Uh, and I, I read about this yesterday, James, but I haven't actually heard the audio. And uh, it's uh, this guy, uh, what's his name, Klaus, Klaus Schwab. He's the basically the guy, the boss of the economic forum. He's he's top guy or whatever the hell, the CEO, whatever the chairman, whatever they call him. He couldn't match his first name more perfectly <laughs> with the way Klaus? Klaus. 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 Is he a little German sounding? A very. Does he have a German accent? It was like I was telling you off air. If Elon Musk said what he said, it, I don't think it would be as scary and creepy. <laughs> but when this dude says it, it sounds horrible. You had a dude with a German accent and uh, like a lot of stuff, and it suddenly sounds, you know, <laughs> a little more like evil, even though it's not. You that's know, that's true. That's true. Like a German guy could read, you know, any given nursery rhyme, and it would sound like. And I'm not dissing German people. I know we got a lot of German people living here. Okay. Okay. I I love kielbasa. I'm just saying. Kibasa, not kibasa. Uh, 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 Kalachi? No, the German no. stuff that I eat that's deep fried and. Wiener schnitzel? Wiener schnitzel. I love Wiener schnitzel. A lot of Germans listen. I'm just saying, you people, when you talk, sometimes, you know, it can sound a little dark, even if you're not talking about anything dark. Mary had a little lamb. Its fleece was white as snow. <laughs> now, doesn't that sound a little, you know, more threatening than just Mary had a little lamb, its fleece was white as snow? There's Gen Zers out there going, what's a fleece? Um, <laughs> Why wasn't the lamb vegan? He wasn't vegan because he was a lamb. I don't know what the hell I'm saying now at this point. So we'll play that audio and get back. And uh, what else did I have I want to talk to you people about? We had the guy who was the president of the Heritage Foundation in D.C., Kevin Roberts, who was also at Davos. This is interesting. Now, he was invited there to participate in a panel, a discussion panel. And uh, when, it, when his moment was there, he, he let him have it. Uh, because uh, whoever was running the panel or the, the moderator is a British guy was talking about how Davos was committed to protecting liberal democracy. And what Kevin Roberts from the Heritage Foundation basically said is, um, you're the biggest, you guys here are the biggest threat to democracy. And he gave him what for. Um, what's, but the interesting part, part of, and good for him, and good for him or anybody who's there and who's, who's you know, like the guy from Argentina who's, who's laying it out. Hey, you guys are the problem. This is the problem. It's not free markets. It's not capitalism. 
And it sure as hell ain't got nothing to do with democracy. You guys are the problem here. But when I, when I started reading about the story, he's participating in a, in a panel discussion with a bunch of other rich yahoos about Trump. And I, I can't remember the title of the, of, the, of the panel discussion, but it was like, what is going to be the global impact of the next American election? And I think even the subtitle was like, what if Trump wins? Now, wrap your mind around that for a second. These are globalists, right? These are people who, you know, they, they, they got a vision for the world that they're trying to make actual, and they're doing a bang-up job of it so far. But at that level, it, it's still all about Trump. They're having panel discussions to talk about Trump. And what happens if Trump wins? What happens if Trump becomes the next president of the United States of America after having already served one term? They're obviously very worried about that. Why would you have a panel debate on that's you know in a forum that's about climate change and a lot of this uh, equity crap? And it's it's just all your atypical you know progressive socialist globalist bullcrap and apparently yeah trump is is not they're not happy that he's back on the scene the fact that they're having a panel discussion on what happens in an american election i think is really interesting all right we'll take a break it's sean on news talk 550 ktsa sean rima 9 till 11 News Talk 550, KTSA, and FM 1071. And we're back four minutes after 10. Oh, before we get into the hour here, I'm giving you a little bit of the... That's the voice of the forest. I, I want to make sure you all have a voice of the forest. James, come here. That was some weird crap, right? I wish Saturday Night Live would do a skit like covering that. Cause well, that they was, won't because that, that would was, be critical of the people they love. So. Oh, bummer. Well, I, we talked about it briefly yesterday. We're going to talk about Davos here for a second, play some audio uh, from Klaus Schwab. Klaus Schwab. Uh, you know, uh, about the globalist plan to take over the world and get us all eaten out of dumpsters. And uh, But they, they did this really bizarre thing, and that Gutfeld, they, Kat Timpf was brilliant on this last night. You probably saw the audio. There's some Mayan-looking chick there. It looks like she... She got half her face painted red. You know, she's a traditional person, an indigenous person. She looked like a, like a like a Mayan priestess of some kind that would like cut your heart out with a knife on a rock. But you know, anyway, she's there, and there, and, he got, and and Tim pointed this out. They got all these filthy, stinking rich elitists on this panel. These are really, really wealthy elitist pukes. You know, and and Kat Timpf made the point that for at least the brief moment while this indigenous chick is going up to all of them going, she was the most powerful person on planet Earth in that one moment. <laughs> because as that chick is going up to all of them and going, and prior to that, there was some kind of Yoko, Ob- Yoko Ono-esque, like, re- you know, warbling and shrieking and crap. And then she went up to each of them and blew the voice of the forest in their face. <laughs> you do that at work and you're creating a hostile work environment, right? Might get written up. Um, and it, was, it is funny to watch because you got all these clenched, rich, elitist yahoos. And they're all trying to act like they just love this. That, oh, this is so wonderful. 
But in their eyes, you could see like Did that chick just blow in my face. You know, you know. It was it was really bizarre. Man. It was just strange. I I had the same kind of feeling with the with the indigenous chick at Davos that I had in a weird way. Like remember when John Kerry showed up with James Taylor after Charlie Hebdo and all the the, the attacks. And they're all like, everybody's trying to pretend like this isn't the most awkward crap that's ever happened in our lives. I got the feeling when the when the weird indig- indigenous chick was like blowing in everybody's face. Like they all look like they wanted to crawl out of their skin, but they have to act like they just love this crap, you know? <laughs> and yet all of them, as soon as they got off the stage, went and got COVID tests, you know? Uh, but uh, Klaus Schwab, right, is the top guy at the World Economic Forum. And we talked about this on Where and Rhyme. Go ahead and play some of that. Uh, some of that uh, this is from him, some statements he made. Go ahead and listen. Let's listen. So technology now is, and uh, digital technologies mainly have an analytical power. Now we go into a predictive power, and we have seen the first examples, and your company very much involved into it. But since the next step could be to go into a prescriptive uh, mode, which means um, uh, you you do not even have to have elections anymore because you can already uh, predict what uh, predict and afterwards you can say, why do we need elections? Because we know what the result will be. That guy sounds creepy. Uh, suddenly, I felt like I was, you know, in Marathon Man. This guy's going to start yanking teeth out of my head, you know? You see what I'm saying? If Elon said it, it wouldn't be as well, but as scary. It wouldn't be, but it should be. It is it is really scary what the guys say. Let's just break that down for a second, okay? Because I, even despite the creepy-sounding German accent, don't we all kind of get the feeling like he thinks this is a good idea? Like, you won't have to have... He says, AI right now is analytical. In other words, it's reactionary. It 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 can take you know pull from all the information resources available, and uh, and respond or you know it, 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 fake a dialogue in regards to the information it's taking in. But he says, "What about when AI evolves, which it will very quickly if it's not already there, to a predictive state." Where rather than, in a sense, reflecting you back at you, uh, it'll start predicting what it thinks you're going to do. So why would, if everybody's got an implant, uh, or if just AI is is mining our lives uh, 24-7, you won't have to have elections because the freaking AI will be able to predict how everybody's going to vote. So why vote? We already know what would happen. It's a weird form of modeling, right? We do you do this in meteorology and geology all the time, where you you come up with weather models, uh, and you look at past information, then you make a prediction as to what a weather pattern is going to do based upon the modeling. The world of finance modeling goes on all the time, right? Economic models and what you know—that's how you figure out risk evaluation for investments and stuff like that. Holy crap! I sound smart right now. Uh, and so what they're saying with elections, the, the AI, if, if the AI can tap into all of our thoughts or, or gather everything that we say and, and, you know, put out there as far as our politics, you wouldn't have to have an election because we already, the AI would already figure out how everybody would vote. 
And I got the feeling this guy thinks that's a great idea. Does that sound like a great idea to you, to anybody? AI would eliminate the electoral college, probably. Well, you wouldn't need it. You, In a sense, you wouldn't need it because even in low-population states, AI is still able, Would in this world, in the world he's describing, would still be able to you know, uh, collate uh, data from people and, and make a prediction as to how that state would vote, whether there's an electoral or, or not. It's creepy crap. I mean, it, we're really talking about AI. He calls it predictive. I call it decision-making. In that our relationship with... Uh, let, me, let me get highfalutin here. Our relationship with our tools... And by tools, I mean pretty much all technological evolution, technological advancements. Uh, we we are not, you know, monkeys or or you know cheese goats or cockroaches because at some point human beings just you know, had the big wrinkly brain to figure out we need to, we can ma- we can make stuff and use stuff as tools that'll make our ability to feed ourselves and to exist easier. Tool making, basic tool making. You can go all the way back, uh, and, and I'll invoke your Stanley Kubrick here. You go all the way back uh, to you know, a freaking Neanderthal picking up a, a femur bone and smashing something over the head and killing it and eating it. That journey, our technological journey, began then, all the way up to where we are right now with AI, artificial intelligence. But up until this point. Our tools were things that we used. (laughs) Our tools have been things that are in our control. Okay, your ball-peen hammer doesn't make a decision for you as to whether or not you should put, put that carpet down, okay? You make all those decisions. Your tools are just instruments to help us be more efficient, if you will. The suggestion with artificial intelligence is that it'll go at some point from being merely a tool to something that makes decisions for us. And at that point, who's the tool? (laughs) You know, I mean, that's really the question at play here. And if your technology is running you and making decisions for you, are you not the tool for the AI? And are you really even freaking alive at that point? In a sense, you may be biologically alive, but are you living? And it's scary stuff. And I predominantly think it's bad. Um, Because really, you could look at the last couple of technological leaps in just computer technology and see that while a lot of great stuff came with that, a lot of really bad stuff came with that, too. And I'm talking the progression from personal computers to Internet and from internet to social media. Those are two huge leaps for the human race as far as their tools, their computer tools. But what we found with both of those evolutions is it took away, it took a bit of life away from you. Once the internet came online, uh, you had the ability to find information about anything as if you were going to any library in the world and looking something up. It's just there in seconds. It allowed people to communicate with other people who, geographically, they normally wouldn't be able to communicate with. Uh, And so social interaction took on a whole new dynamic. Social media has completely taken over our lives, and I think it's, in many ways, not in a healthy way. 
it really hasn't made us more social. It's made us more antisocial on many different levels. I mean, I'm still on Facebook. It's all I do. I, I have a pretty cool relationship with Facebook right now in my life, but at the same time, I am well aware of the fact that they're mining information from me all the time. They're trying to direct my consumer choices with advertising. They're using a lot of information about me that I willingly put out there to, in a te- to sort of control my behavior. I get it. I understand it's going on. And, yeah, I, I admit and embrace the reality that a lot of this stuff isn't healthy. But artificial intelligence has taken us about nine miles down the road in three seconds towards the place of this technology in our actual existences, and this stuff basically taken over, and it's scary stuff. Uh, who should I get? Is that, our, is that Albert who's upset with me, or Tim? Let's go to Tommy. Tommy, how are you? Hi, Sean. This is your brother from another mother, the piano playing Tommy Ray. Oh, hey, man. How um, you doing, brother? Good to hear from you. <laughs> I haven't seen you since the uh, since the Jimenez set up there. In, oh, yeah, uh, yeah. Liberty Bar. It's been a few yeah, months yeah, now. Yeah. Hope, so what are you thinking, yeah, man? First of all, oh, first of all, hope you're doing great. Hope the family's great. God bless you. Oh, and, yeah, yeah. Everything, yeah, uh, we're doing great, man. I hope you are, too, man. I, yeah, yeah. I have a Thomas Jefferson High School Mexican family that has their own phone book in Bear County. <laughs> and basically... In my five-child family, I am the only person who is a non-extreme liberal. <laughs> so it's been, it's been interesting. I so bet. What, mm-hmm. I, what I told my mom the other day is ADFIR, A-D-F-I-R. I hope Trey's listening because I'd like him to, to know about this. ADFIR is A-D-F-I-R. What I tell my mom this is, is it's agenda-driven, fake, intelligent response. Wow! What, no, so what, what, what? I mean, what is this? A, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of lost here. What, so, what is that? What is that? A computer thing? What? I mean, what, what is it? I when she asks me about uh, artificial intelligence, oh, oh, oh. I already I already know that the people who will be most interested in it are people who are generally non-conservative, yes, non-traditional. So I call it ad for <laughs> agenda agenda-driven. Fake intelligent response. <laughs> it's it's got it's got a programming behind it that is not one hundred percent conservative, and it's a fake response to influence the media. Other than that, well, I think I to influence people that. too. I mean, uh, yes, yes. If if your goal, if like this globalist idea, is to take control of individual lives away from those individuals and make state decisions everything. You want a couple yes. of generations who are normal, for whom AI is normalized, and they're fine with computers making decisions they're for them. They're, they're, they're yeah. primed and they're ready because they've been growing up with it. Yeah, because the whole like, the, not like you and I. No, the whole socialist ethic is the government takes care of you, and yes. Generation Z loves being cared for. I'm the first to admit oh, it's very true. God. They love having other people make decisions for them. They love people telling them how to do stuff. And so when you get you to AI, no uh, go ahead, go ahead. No, you go ahead, man. No, go ahead. No, I'm. You have no idea what it is like raising a 22 year old who just graduated from OU in Oklahoma, <laughs> an 11 year, a 13 year old, an 11 year old. And a three-year-old boy. <laughs> oh, wow, yeah. Two, I, I got a 22-year-old. 
who just got out of college, a liberal college in Colorado, and so I am kind of dealing with some of this stuff. Must have been must have been Boulder. No, um, but I, I don't want. Well, it was Mesa. It's a smaller college, but I, oh, but but my gosh, yeah. You there? there uh, one thing I've learned, observe with my daughter is that, and she's pretty. She's really. She's become very self dependent, and she's you know her mom and her stepdad you know have done a great job of, of sure, kind of making her sort of have to think on her own and do stuff for herself. But there is a lot of stuff that has been indoctrinated in her mind, all, going all the way back from elementary school. Stuff like climate yeah. change stuff. Uh, Trump yes. bad no matter what, you know, they can't have a conversation yes, I, about Trump, you know, and it's it's yeah, I, depressing. I didn't have my first child. I didn't have my first child till I was 33. So, right. so like, you know, I didn't have much of a chance to kind of explain to them where I came from. But, Sean, I wanted to chime in. I've been listening to you every morning like usual, and God bless you and uh, the people there at KTSA and Alpha Media. I love you guys like a brother, and you guys have a great week. You too, man. Tommy, have a great weekend, brother. We'll talk again. I got to run. Thank you, sir. Uh, 210-599-5555. It's Sean on Newstalk 550 KTSA. The Sean Rima Show. The New Hampshire primary. Coverage starts Tuesday night at 7 on Newstalk 550 KTSA and FM 1071. And we're back. Newstalk 550 KTSA, FM 1071. Yeah, we're talking about Davos a lot this week, obviously, and globalism uh, and, and Trump and increasingly i am realizing and maybe you are too by just being observant that a lot of what is going down on planet earth right now whether it's stuff that's going on here with the border or the economy or just the crummy policies of the the socialist pukes in the swamp uh, uh that we're all having to endure uh, or it's global conflict. Uh, we basically have a shooting war in the Red Sea now. It was very bizarre yesterday to hear Trump, uh, Biden was asked about you know our attacks on the Houthis, and he said, well, it's not really having an effect, and we're going to keep doing it. <laughs> so it's not working, but we're going to keep doing it. Point being, I don't think any of this stuff would be going on if not for the, the Trump factor. I told you about this panel discussion they had at Davos about if Trump wins. Um, do you? We, this is getting repetitive. Do you think Putin would have rolled into Ukraine if Trump were in office? Do you think Hamas would have rolled in to Israel uh, when Donald Trump was in office? Um, the bad guys, and the bad guys really truly are globalists, socialists, fascists, whatever you want to call it. Um, they're on the march and because they don't know if they're going to be able to cheat this thing this next American election, which I believe they did the last time. I mean, they meaning all of them. The people who really want to change the relationship permanently that anybody on planet Earth has with their government or the government. And again, they're doing a bang-up job here in the United States. And part of this, because I try to make sense, we were talking yesterday about the stripper pole workshop for like four and five year old girls in Atlanta. Uh, we we talk about this weird, cra- this obsession with kids, uh, you know, and indoctrinating them. I mean, it's 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 right there in front of you at this point. It's it's not even there's there's almost at this point no pretense. Uh, of trying to hide what the actual overall goal is here. 
But if the overall goal is to really bring America to its knees, because we're, we're it. We're it as far as freedom, free markets, the whole idea of personal liberty. Uh, we're pretty much it on planet Earth at this point, for the most part. Frankly, the United States and Israel, we're it. And you need to bring Israel and America to their knees. Uh, and one of the ways you do that is by creating new generations of Americans who, I guess, want this new world order. And you, you're going to normalize a lot of crap for these younger generations while giving them a substandard education, which, frankly, I, it's going. that's exactly what's happening. They're, they're not getting the same education, either at the public school level or the collegiate level, that you and I got. They're just not. So you 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 foster a couple of generations of people where victimhood is 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 the name of the game. YOLO is the name of the game. It's all about you uh, and what you want, what you want to do. And if you can't do what you want to do, it's because of racism, or it's because of Republicans, or Trump, or it's because of evil Christians, or whomever you want to demonize at any given moment. Predominantly, you want to demonize freedom-loving people. And so you, you foster a couple of generations of people who don't have the same education that people had in prior times, that don't have, this is the one thing that I can't stand, critical thinking skills. When I was in school, critical thinking was a big deal. You spent a lot of time, whether it was an English class or history or what have you, thinking about how to solve problems on your own. That's almost gone. Uh, with Generation Z, they are a generation that just requires older people to tell them what to do. They do not even try to figure out crap on their own in general because they were you know, nurtured in this kind of an atmosphere in the public education system. Conversely, technology uh, makes things a lot easier in general to do. You know, uh, Technology does stuff for you. Computer does, the computer does stuff for you. Um, you're fostering an idea of government where government should be the, the, the folks who save you and make sure you get the outcome you want and take care of you and think for you. You're basically creating a couple of generations with all of this stuff of docility, of people who are just docile. And they need to be told what to do. and They need to be told what to think. And that's, I know it sounds nefarious and dark and Darth Vader-y, but that's really, I think, what's at play here. There's really no other explanation. It can't all be just general laziness. You know, there's got to be some reason for it. And it's troubling. And, uh, you know, uh, Trey and I talk about this a lot. And uh, he brings up Nancy, his wife. She's kind of of the same mindset that I am, that, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm very thankful that I'm in my 50s in this moment. I'm very thankful that I am not a 22-year-old person at this time. And yet I my daughter is 22, my other daughter is 26. You know, I got a 29-year-old son. I mean, they're, they're that generation moving into this world and I it may sound cold and callous, but I'm like, well, I, nothing I can do. Good luck. <laughs> Good luck with that. But it's troubling stuff all the way around. And yeah, AI bad as far as Uncle Sean is concerned. Uh News Talk 550 KTSA. And we're back. News Talk 550 KTSA FM 1071. I'm Sean. 
I'm Sean. How are you? The phone lines are open. 210-599-5555. Young people. They're so overrated. I, well, we got to... This is another story that's kind of... You know, I, I, I think... I'm not into the whole TikTok. I don't do TikTok, man. I think I contemplated it once for about 17 minutes. You know, and everybody's TikToking. Uh, I, I know people my age who are TikToking. They want to be they want to be famous, you know, and TikToking. First off, it ain't going to work for it. Well, maybe it will. I don't know. But we have authorities in Texas now that are you know, warning. And actually, oh wow, I didn't notice this. Uh, um, I have a story here I'm looking at uh, on Fox, written by Pilar, who used to work here. <laughs> That's really cool. I'm looking at it right now. Officer warns teens they can get shot if they participate in TikTok trend causing distress for residents. Uh, this is a TikTok thing. It's called the TikTok Door Knock Challenge. And uh, this is where young people uh, go up to somebody's house or apartment in the middle of the night, and they knock really loud on the door, then they leave. Um, they knock or they kick the door. So, you know, it's not, it's not just like a knocking, like, hello, I'm here. It's, it's, uh, it's meant to be a loud, frightening thing. And I, I guess this is what they're now doing. And they get a little video of it, and then they post the video, and look how funny I am and all that stuff. And authorities here in Texas are, are warning, hey, you could get shot. <laughs> Frankly, especially in Texas. Frankly, especially in San Antonio. I mean, you know, I, I, you know, I mean, if somebody were to start kicking my door on my house at three in the morning, and, and I'm going to go check it out, do you think I'm going to be unarmed when I do that? Probably not. And that kind of brings me to another point that I want to discuss with you. Two one zero five nine nine fifty five fifty five. Along, and we're talking about the you know, young people, and we're talking about this in, in terms of a lot of the stuff that's going on. You know, as far as young people in education uh, and and the indoctrination, a lot of the political weirdness and woke stuff that's going on, the gender crap, which is just beyond bizarre, transitioning kids before they're even fully grown. I mean, it's sick. It really is. But if you notice, there's also with that generation, there's a real meanness to them that I'm that I think we're all picking up on. And I'm not just talking about the most extreme cases like those two punks last year who ran over that old guy in Las Vegas on his bike and just just to do it because they found it freaking amusing. It's kind of the same thing with this. I mean, you you're doing something intentionally to upset people or scare them. Uh, you look at these smash and grabs. Who are mostly responsible for the smash and grabs? Young people. Groups of young people, many of them high school age. Uh, we've we, we've all had to suffer through the videos that we've seen over the past couple of years of some kid looking cross-eyed at some other kid, and they swarm him with like 10 dudes, and they kick the crap out of him. There's a kid that died uh, a few weeks ago or a couple of months ago because it's something like that. I, I think I forget where that was. Might have been in Vegas as well. And so you got two troubling trends here, right? You you have a generation that, and I, I, I submit to you that the generation coming up behind Gen Z is going to be even worse. 
You have a generation that doesn't want to think for themselves, aren't capable really in many ways of thinking for themselves. We, we hear constantly about this sense of entitlement and, you know, it's all about me and why can't I have what I want. But the other trend that's tracking with that is this meanness and this violence and, frankly, this soullessness about finding other people's pain entertaining. And I think that's also something that was born out of social media. And again, I man, I, I don't know who these people are going to be in their 40s. I really don't. And I'm not talking about all young people. I, I have a lot of young people in my life uh, with, with three kids in their 20s, and they're all good people. I don't, you know, ain't none of them that I think is a horrible person or what have you. But just in general, when you look at generational trends, man, they're, they're a violent group, man. And, and what I mean by that is anything they perceive as being what are you here disrespectful uh you know you're you're what are you looking at me for or look at this kid that was this kid that was fired uh from i think a coffee place or a fast food joint uh we, th- this was a story that broke over the weekend my wife and I were watching the video this chick gets fired and she goes ballistic and like she starts attacking her manager physically you know um they they don't react well to criticism in any way shape or form in general why because they've never been criticized and the react i'm just they're they're a trouble troubled generation man troubled generation and the problem is a lot of their troubles and difficulties are being fostered and nurtured by the government by cultural forces you know it's, it's weird and it's depressing and I try not to think about it too much, but I'm sure you're seeing it as well. Uh, so I don't know. I don't know how that all plays out. And again, if you want to control a bunch of people and you really want to swap out what we are now in this country for a socialist model or a fascist state, this generation coming up, they're the ones to do it with. <laughs> I, I hate to put it that way, but they, they will be easily controlled. You look at the violent, uh, profane, hard-edged, anti-Jewish protests since October 7th that we've seen, not only in this country but around the world, but specifically let's talk about here in this country. Okay, it's it's no longer, I merely disagree with you on this point, and I'm anti-Israel, or I think Israel is this, and I think Israel is that. It's, you should freaking die. Because you're not supporting the Palestinian people. I hope you die because you're not, you know. There, there's a meanness to it. There's a, and, and, and beyond that, there's also no intellectual grasp of what they're talking about. I'd say a large portion of the young people who are showing up for these quote-unquote pro-Palestinian protests, which very often turn violent, they they send a microphone around and a camera. They don't have any idea what they're talking about, man. They have no freaking clue. But you know what? The prof said this is how I should feel. Uh, the the internet said this is how I should. Feel. People I who I think is are cool people told me this is how I should feel. So this is how I feel. So th- th- they're incredibly passionate and sometimes violent 
about an opinion that they don't even understand. They don't even know why they have that opinion. I mean, that's that's a recipe for disaster, man. Because at that point, they become like brown shirts. You could just sick them on anybody. You don't have to explain. You could just say, uh, that, per- that person over there doesn't like trans people. All right, let's go beat the crap out of them. You know, no thought as to what that means or what the real issues are or what other people's issues are or worries about their kids. None of that matters. Just like the reality of the history of Israel, the state of Israel, its relationship with every other nation around it is irrelevant to these people. The atrocities that we're hearing more and more about don't matter because they're on the right side. Israel bad, just like Trump bad. And if you don't agree with me, I will kick your ass. I will attack you. They're, they're, they're creating a generation of brown shirts, of, of mindless stooges, which largely who, were who the, the brown shirts were the very early days of, in the early days of the Nazi regime, the Nazi movement. They were morons. They were big, galuti morons filled with hatred that wherever the party sent them, that's where they went. It didn't matter why. The same thing you're seeing today. It's it's disturbing stuff, man. Two one zero five nine nine fifty. So yeah, don't be knocking on old Sean's door, kicking my door at three in the morning. Okay, that may not go well for you. Two one zero five nine nine fifty five fifty five. It's Sean on News Talk five fifty KTSa. The twenty twenty four race for the White House. Stay connected with News Talk five fifty KTSa and FM one zero seven one. Yeah, we're back. News Talk five fifty KTSa FM one zero seven one. I'm Sean. Phone lines are open for the final few moments of the show. Whatever's on your brain, 210-599-5555, 210-599-5555. So we talked about Davos. We talked about how screwed up young people are. <laughs> talked about uh, AI, made fun of Nuremberg. and his, uh, Oh, they've been up front about this whole legal immigration thing. Yeah, according to Ron Nuremberg, we've been up front since day one, except for when we lied about that hanger thing. <laughs> We've been ex- I lo- liberals today, man. They're they're hilarious, right? They'll admit to you they're lying, and at the same time, they'll tell you they never lie. How many times? Because what, what I'm talking about, Nuremberg was on NBC. He loves that big fat national microphone in his face, man. And apparently, here in San Antonio, I don't know if you were aware of this because I wasn't. Our municipal government has been completely honest and upfront. With our illegal immigration policies. Did, you were aware of that, right? Because I wasn't. He's saying that while at this point we absolutely know that when people found out about illegals being shoved into this hangar down by the airport, the official response from your city government was to deny it exists. And when they could no longer deny the existence of this place, with this hangar, with this building where they're shoving illegals and housing them, uh, they it took them three days to come up with the actual name of what they were going to call it to settle on a name. James is right; they had like three different freaking names for that thing. But they've been up front all along. You hear this a lot from these idiots just across the board, right? They get caught doing something really, really crummy, or immoral, or illegal, or you know whatever it may be. And what's the first thing they say? I am not that kind of person. I would never do that. Even though I did it, you know. 
And this is just the ones that we know of. They, right, they right. Haven't said, yeah. They haven't said, well, there's only two centers in San oh, Antonio. Oh, no, I guarantee you there's more places in this. This is one of the largest cities in this country. You're telling me they only got one little hangar where they're shoving people? Oh, stop. You know there are other places throughout this city where this is happening. But they're being up front with us. <laughs> hey, Ron, come here. I want to blow a little uh, voice of the forest in your face. <laughs> you know, Ron, you need a little more. You need to get more get closer contact with Mother Earth here, buddy. Because you're starting to sound like you're incredibly full of crap. All right, here's a little Mother Forest for you. <laughs> you know what's funny about that indigenous chick? Who again? As I said, she kind of—I'm uh, going to make Christian laugh with this one. She kind of she looked like somebody like a Mayan chick that was going to cut your heart out, you know, like a stone altar. Wouldn't it been funny if she'd actually started? Because they were the people on that panel while she's blowing in their face, you know, are just—they got this—they're painting these smile, these paint. They have these pained smiles on their faces, like, "Oh, isn't this wonderful? She's sharing Mother Earth with me by spitting in my eye." And so the one thing none of them were could allow themselves to do is to give any kind of reaction to that bizarre that you know what I mean you can't show any reaction like hey this is a little messed up or weird or she's you know she's in my social bubble here putting her face in you know next to my forehead they all had to act right they had to all act like oh this is the greatest thing ever I would I bet you that chick could have actually dragged one of them to the stage and actually started cutting their hearts out and the rest of them oh it's so beautiful she's making a sacrifice to mother earth that'd be so like shoving a stone knife into his chest i hope one of them catches covid that would be so (laughs) awesome you know after you know inca chick there was like breathing in their faces that they were like hitting they were getting doing the covid testing as soon as they got off the stage man I'll tell you what, I, 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 I run into any, you know, local politicians in, in the near future. Not you, not, not, not people I think are cool, but like any city council members, you know, or anybody I just don't like in general. I'm going to start doing the mother forest blow on their face. I'm just going to start doing it. Well, I know we disagree about this, but you know what? We can both agree that the voice, the forest has a voice and we can share the voice of the forest. <laughs> <laughs> and you're watching that you just know that if any of these goobs were like actually in you know at a walmart or something you know not that they ever would be at a walmart but let's just say they're slumming it you know they just had to pick up some stuff at walmart after the latest davos you know uh, uh debate panel or whatever and some walmart person came up to him and just started going They'd have him arrested quicker, man. Oh, that person would go away, man. You, st- you try doing the forest voice in Schwab's face. You are going away. If you blow in my face again, I shall erase you. Inca chick does it during a you know da- official Davos event. It's all good. <laughs> I'm going to start doing that to my wife when she's, like, trying to tell me what to do. You know, when I go home, my wife gets on my case about something, you know, which 99% of the time, well, 95% of the time, she's absolutely justified in getting on my crap, you know, and, and calling me out on something. But from now on, when she does that, I'm just going to give her the forest voice, you know, the forest voice blow. 
That's what you do? <laughs> Did you see the video of the chick, the, the, the indigenous chick at Davos? It was... Oh, she no, was painted up like somebody out of that Mel Gibson movie nobody watched a, a hundred years ago. <laughs> you know what I mean? What was that called? You know, the red paint, the red painted face, and you know. No, I don't. It's <laughs> the video is she's there. She's sharing this with all these elites at the Davos. Okay. And the last thing she does is she shares the voice of the forest. And so it's she's standing there. First, she does it by herself. <laughs> And then she shares the, the voice of the forest with all the people on the on the stage there. And she goes up to them, dude. She gets right up to their face and goes, <laughs> <laughs> and they're all Google looking this. like, oh, this uh. is so beautiful. Oh, I can't wait for it to be over. <laughs> so I'm going to start using the the, vo- the forest voice in my own personal life. That could work. I'm just going to start doing that, you know? Just not around me. Well, I'm just saying, like, if I go to Chick-fil-A and I forget my Chick-fil-A sauce in the bag, you're just going to go back in. Hey, come here. <laughs> <laughs> There's some forest voice for you, okay? Make sure I got my condiments next time. This is supposed to be Jesus food. I'm just saying I think that's going to be a... I I think there's a TikTok trend I want to see. I want to see more people giving each other the forest voice. Just in general, just in life, you know, just as a matter of something to do. I am. I'm going to go home and give my wife the forest voice. Let me know how that goes Monday. <laughs> Come here, baby. I love you. I want to share the forest voice with you. Are you open to other suggestions you might? I'm open to her kicking me in the let, you know, kicking that's me in the happen. shin to get me the hell away from her. Yeah. Because that's what she'll do. <laughs> Can't wait bizarre. You, got, you haven't seen that? You've got to check I'm that try- out. I'm trying to look it up here. Davos forest voice. That's all you have to look up. It'll pop up there. Unless the powers that be have already erased it from the internet. I'm not finding it, so I'm I wonder if they yanked it because it was so achingly, embarrassingly uncomfortable. But it was viral. It was viral. (laughs) And I bet there were some viruses flying back and forth and that chick was spitting in their faces, too. I'm just saying, man. James, I love you. (laughs) You blowhard. Thank you, you, Elaine Rodriguez, our executive producer. Christian Blood. And my good brother, Trey Ware. Spread the love, don't be a jerk. Bye. Why do we need elections? Because we know what the result will be.